You are listening to The Vet Podcast, presented by veterinarian Dr. Brian Greger from New Zealand and featuring an international team of animal health professionals. Join us as we discuss pet health issues from around the world. I'm Dr. Brian Greger, and you are listening to The Vet Podcast. Have you ever thought of how and why cats purr? Probably not, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Scott Arnold, a vet from Ontario, Canada, although probably by the time this podcast sees the light of day, Newfoundland, discusses marijuana toxicity in dogs, which he is seeing on a regular basis now the dope laws in parts of Canada and elsewhere in the world have been relaxed. And to finish, sometimes dogs eat the weirdest things. This will be of particular interest to golden retriever owners and quiz night enthusiasts. We are still looking for veterinary professionals to contribute to the vet podcast. There have been a number of new followers on our Facebook page from both India and Egypt, but we don't know anything about animal health issues that are occurring in these regions. Can you please message us on our Facebook page or email us at vetpodcast at gmail.com if you can be of help. That's enough self-promotion. On with the show. I don't know about you, but I find nothing more relaxing than sitting by the fire on a cold winter's night with a cat sitting on my knee purring, and possibly having a glass of brandy in my hand. How cats purr is unclear. There are a number of different theories. One that seems plausible is by cats using their vocal folds and the muscles of the larynx to alternately dilate and constrict the glottis rapidly. The rest is up to harmonics and acoustics apparently. This explains why cats purr on both inspiration and expiration, that is, breathing in and breathing out. Now, do you know that the world record for the loudest purr is held by a cat called Merlin in Devon in the UK? He was recorded purring at a noisy 67.8 decibels. That is as loud as a vacuum cleaner. Mother cats purring may have developed so that the mother can reassure the kittens. In the clinic, we often see cats purring when they are injured or stressed, and purring is often noted when a cat is in labour. Cats purr between 25 and 150 hertz. There is some evidence that this is a self-medication trait, as low-frequency sounds, as this is, have been shown to increase bone density and to increase the healing of fractures. As cats rest for long periods of time, there are also theories that purring stimulates the muscles, sort of like those vibration machines you see advertised on television. So, cats purr when they are contented, cats purr when they are threatened, and cats purr when they are injured. Who knew? And now we catch up with our old friend and longtime contributor, Scott Arnold from Ontario, Canada, who is having issues with a green haze. Hi, Brian. Today I want to talk to you about a common problem we're seeing at uh, the emergency clinic I work at, and that's marijuana toxicity. These are animals that have gotten into the owner's stash. They could have eaten pot brownies, pot cookies, pot butter. They could have gotten into the actual marijuana leaves. These pets usually come into the clinic because they're incoordinated, they're ataxic, they're also depressed. The hallmark of uh, marijuana toxicity is they are dribbling urine. Some of these pets will advance to seizures and coma. That's very rare though. Usually the pets um, are provided with supportive care for about 12 to 24 hours where they're given IV fluids and they're monitored. 
Some of these pets will need a little more advanced treatment, which includes intravenous lipids. One thing good about marijuana, it has a very wide safety margin. The gist of this story is, if you have marijuana around your house, please keep it up and not let your pets get into it. If your pet is exposed to it, please be honest and tell your veterinarian. He will not report you to the police, but for the best safety of your pet, if he knows what your pet got into, he can gear treatment accordingly. We had a dog presented the other day that had eaten a wheat bag and it got me thinking about some of the strange things we see that dogs have eaten. We simply made this particular dog vomit and up came enough wheat to bake a loaf of bread and the dog went home feeling much better but with his tail between his legs. There are several patterns we see with these dogs with strange appetites. Pika, P-I-C-A is the technical word for it for you quiz night players. The first one is breed. There are a disproportionate number of golden retrievers, as in three retrievers to any other breed. The other one is that if they do it once, they may well do it again. If the owner doesn't notice that the dog has eaten something which has become lodged in the gastrointestinal system, often these animals will go off their food, they will vomit, sometimes it's a vomit which is probably almost fecal-like, they will dribble a lot and they will be very, very sick. Off they require immediate surgery. So if you do see your dog, or cat for that matter, eat something strange, let us know immediately, as we can often make them vomit and expel the offending article before it causes any more damage. Anyway, I was thinking of some of the strange things that dogs have eaten. Following on from the wheat, a year or so ago we had a dog that had eaten a kneader from a bread making machine. We see a number of dogs that have eaten stones, bones, and quite commonly corn cobs, especially KFC, as they seem to be the right size to get stuck. And then comes the bizarre. I got a call a few years ago from a client who was visiting a friend with a small baby with her golden retriever. You guessed it, the dog ate the nappy, or the diaper as I believe it is called in North America. Down to the clinic she came, we gave the dog an emetic. That's a drug that induces vomiting. I put this in again for you quiz night enthusiasts. And up came a disposable nappy, soiled with baby feces. Fishing nylon is not uncommon, often with the hook attached. This is potentially very dangerous as it can extend the length of the intestines and it causes the intestine to concertina. This makes removal very difficult. Sometimes the offending article can be a bit embarrassing to the owner. We have had a golden retriever with a penchant for eating woman's knickers. Not just once, but five or six times, and each time they got lodged in the intestines. This was surgically repaired successfully each time, but the problem came when a pair of undergarments were removed that didn't belong to the wife. Some questions were asked. Probably more embarrassing was the owner of the dog we removed a condom from, apparently thrown on the floor in the heat of the moment. A sad outcome occurred when I was working in a practice years ago that was also the base town for a couple of offshore oil rigs. I had a very sheepish client bring in his young golden retriever pup and this wee guy was really sick. I could feel a cylindrical mass in his abdomen and operated on him to find out what it was. I opened him up and found his intestines were full of a clear hard plastic substance that had completely blocked his intestines. I was unable to remove it and sadly we had to put this puppy down. On presenting the now distraught owner with the facts, he sheepishly confessed to what had happened. 
He worked on the oil rig and had acquired a tube of water-activated sealant. Now bear in mind that if caught with this, it was a sackable offence. Needless to say, the puppy swallowed the sealant and it became activated and set in his intestines with dire results. The case that would have to take the cake though was another golden retriever. You can see the pattern that we've got here. This dog was presented to the clinic with a swollen abdomen, dribbling and with the most foul breath. On x-ray we found a stomach full of bones. So far so good. We injected the dog to make it vomit and right on cue up it came. A massive bone, rotten flesh and black and white fur. The owners who were present at the time just exploded calling the dog every name under the sun. I looked at them in the mess blankly and then it dawned on me. What I was looking at was the decomposed remains of Tiddles, the black and white cat that had been killed by a car and buried in the garden three to four weeks earlier. The dog had dug it up and eaten it. And that's it for another episode of the Vet Podcast. All of our links are in one place at bio.fm forward slash vet podcast. On behalf of me, Brian Greger, and everybody else involved in the making of this podcast, thanks for listening, and we'll talk again soon.